Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, the special album of the year edition. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. And uh, this is our yearly tradition where Lizzie and I sit and discuss how I've listened to no music over the past year. And Lizzie's listened to all of it for me. So she basically just <laughs> tells me all the greatest albums of the year. And I go, these are the popular things that I heard. Uh... We normally have Connor. He was unable to make it this year. We miss him very dearly. Thank you, uh, Connor, for being yes, there. Last I, I, I think at least one of my personal honorable mentions um, is would definitely be his album of the year, just because it's one of his favorite bands. Mm-hmm. So if you have listened to our previous album of the year uh, episodes, you would know what his favorite band is, <laughs> and you would probably know what it is. So good for you. Until then, keep listening to find out what it is. Yeah, we'll just leave that as like a... Oh, I had to go check out other albums of years. Damn. That's how we do here. Uh, yeah. So we are, uh, we, we, we did ask some friends who've been on the podcast this year to send us over some of their album of the years as, uh, as audio. We'll be listening to some of those throughout the episode today. Uh, our friends in action adventure rematch, uh, pizza, Sarah pop, in the safe word, pop punk and pizza, pop punk and pizza and people's pizza party. We got all the pizzas here. Uh, Kodak Chris. Also, we got James, our b- greatest friend in James Shotwell. <laughs> uh, Man Dancing and Thunderbombs. So, they will be uh, talking to us a bit throughout the episode. And uh, we'll talk about all the music that we really liked in this uh, actual trash year. Yeah, because there was actually some really good albums that came out and EPs. Also, EPs are going to be probably thrown on here because there was also Um, a lot of singles put out, but not a lot of full whole albums. Yeah, EPs are counting for this one. I think a lot of people have noticed it. I noticed it while going through other like album of the year, like you know, articles and reviews. Is that there's there are still a lot of EPs that got thrown on there, Mm. but I think a lot of them especially I think some that we both probably picked most likely mm-hmm. are so good <laughs> just by what, what is on there and what was released as a single and then comprised onto an EP that it kind of like makes up for it. Or they're like six or seven songs long. So it's a little bit longer than a traditional, like three or five song EP mm-hmm. that you could kind of consider it an album in a sense. I mean, you have to compare it from the whole entire year, 2020, so please remember to keep that in mind. <laughs> I mean, we literally, uh, this is arbitrary and we do whatever the hell we want at all times and we don't care. So welcome to our podcast. <laughs> and Okay, we, we care a little bit. We care a little bit. So singles will not be included. We'll probably talk about our favorite singles and some honorable mentions later on in the episode. Uh, but for the most part, we're going to stick to our albums as our top five. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, 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 we'll try to wrap up the year as how we liked it and how we appreciated it, what we were listening to, uh, as much as possible, but we're going to stick with records that are EP to full length. And, uh, if you have a problem with that, then you have way too much time in your hands to come to our podcast and talk shit to us. Just, just check yourself. Don't check us. 
Yeah, if you want to come talk shit to us, just lurk in the stream and then leave a passive aggressive comment in the chat. Yeah. And then we'll just like right know, near the end. Right before you just right near the end. Right right before you right just before check out. Right before you peace out. Yeah. yeah. That's just how it's done, guys. Come yeah. on. It is twenty twenty one. Yeah, you are your shit troll together. game. I expect more out of you. I really don't, but if you can do, give me more anyway, go for it. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and give our... I feel like we should have a sound effect. It's like, number five! But we don't have that, so I just said that, and that's our number <laughs> our number five. Uh, Lizzie, would you like to go first on this one? Sure. My number five is Stay Alive by Laura Jane Grace. So another one of those written in quarantine albums. And it's shorter from a lot of other albums. I think it's only like maybe 30, 35 minutes. Um, but it's very stripped down. Um, there's only really acoustic guitar and then a couple other instruments throughout the album. But it's still just very raw and up the alley of other Laura Jane Grace type um, songs and albums. And it still has that kind of like one, two, fuck you punch as well that we see that coincides also like against me. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed the album. It was very, you felt a lot of the emotions that were coming out of it. Laura Jane Grace had actually tweeted earlier this year that she was going to fly out to LA and do a socially distanced live stream for, I think it was Fat Wreck Records. I could be completely wrong, but it was one of those um, labels. And she actually got to LAX and then hopped back on the plane and came back to Chicago because her anxiety was so bad because she was so concerned about COVID, which mm. fair, Very I get fair. it. And a lot of that emotion and kind of like that anxiety comes through in a lot of these songs. And it definitely is something a lot of us can relate to, even though a lot of us are also trying to listen to music to get away from the horrors of the world. <laughs> I think it's good to listen to it because it's like, OK, especially if you're isolated alone or quarantining alone. With, I know a lot of my friends were unfortunately had to do that, mm -hmm. but it kind of gives you a sense of, oh, somebody knows what the hell's going on, too. And I feel like I'm being listened to and I'm understood. I just really felt like it was a really good album to come out during this time. Yeah. And I definitely like to see that. And the social awareness of it. So that's my number five pick. As you'll find out throughout the most of this episode, I haven't listened to anything that Lizzie has said. But he has not. Uh, I will say that going back through some old Against Me songs on our streams and stuff, I've been like, damn, I need Against Me this year. <laughs> or at least, yeah, Laura Jingra is making music. So I haven't listened to it, but sure, it's great, which is going to be how I comment on all of these songs. <laughs> All these albums. <laughs> I haven't heard it, sir. It's great. Um, my number five uh, may be on Lizzie's list somewhere. Uh, and it, it, out, number five was kind of hard for me to choose one because there's a bunch of albums that I liked and listened to a few times. Uh, I put this one on here because uh, Lizzie had recommended it for so long and I just never listened to this band. Uh, Creeper, Love, Sex, and the Infinite Void. Because I actually really fucking like Creeper now. Like, Lizzie was so pushy about this fucking band. And now I finally heard it. I'm like, damn, they're good. Uh, I really dug this record. I've been pushing you on this band for like two years. Yes, that's correct. That is correct. And I I finally got around to it. And I really like it. So uh, there were a number of records I could have put in a number five spot. Because there, I listened to six records this year. <laughs> so, uh, I put Ryan. this one on here just to, just to give some credit to Lizzie of making me really like a band. I... Uh, 
I had a friend who was like, man, I really miss listening to meatloaf because of his politics and all this shit. Fair. And I was like, bro, check out creeper. Cause it's meatloaf with all, without all the bad politics. But if you also like AFI and my chem, you're going to like this even more. And she was like, yeah, that's correct. So I actually found creeper because I did this weird alt press. Like what like emo band are you? <laughs> So I just did it because I was bored one day. Because I when, when do you do alt press quizzes of any when sort? When you're really Unless bored you're and it pops bored. up in your Facebook feed. Exactly. <laughs> so I did it, and then I got Creeper, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" So I listened to Black Mass. This was like God, like probably two, three years ago, maybe even more. Mm -hmm. So I listened to Black Mass because they only had like their three EPs out, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I don't know about the singer's voice, but then I listened to more the rest of their EPs. Each was like only three or four five songs maybe at the most i'm like oh this band fucking hits mm -hmm. that's also how i found out about emily autumn actually like years and years ago too from all press fine all press you got a couple bands how do you feel you got a couple how do you, you feel now there you know <laughs> you get a couple here and there that's just that's all you get <laughs> that's it yeah i don't want to give them too much credit uh i want to give that credit to you instead so here's Thank your you. credit <laughs> Uh, our first guest we're going to listen to is Sarah from Sarah and the Safe Word. They sent over uh, their favorite albums of the year, which I also saw the band like posted all their favorite albums. I'm like, I already know what it is, but we're going to react to this as though I'm hearing it for the first time with no, uh, with, with no knowledge of what it's going to be. So uh, here's Sarah from Sarah and the Safe Word. Hey, it's Sarah Rose from Sarah and the Safe Word. My three top albums of 2020 would probably have to be Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels, uh, Post-Human Survival Horror by Bring Me the Horizon, and Folklore by Taylor Swift. Folklore was, like, huge, and I didn't even really recognize how big it was. Like, I did not, as a, as a Taylor Swift fan, I did not listen to it. <laughs> Uh, or I didn't that was the surprising whole to me. I really thought I saw it, and I'm like, Brian's about to text me and like be freaking out and be like, "Isn't folklore great?" Not, and I'd be like, "I'm All not right, that that's nice kind. For you. I'm happy for you." I'm not that kind of Taylor Swift fan. Like, I'm a fair weather Taylor Swift fan, but uh, it just it just was everywhere. Everybody's so positive about it. And I like heard, uh, I think Cardigan was one of the songs on it, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's all right." Yeah, like albums are very hard to stick with me because it's either exactly what I want at the exact time, or it's just nothing I want ever. And it like, it like there are middle grounds there, but it ends up falling into a camp of one or the other. It never like lasts in, in both realms there. Weird. Yeah. For Taylor. I mean, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I never, I always associate her with country music, mm -hmm. even though I know now she isn't really in that realm anymore. It's more pop music. Mm -hmm. But I've never, I, I don't have really any issues against her. I just am not a Taylor Swift fan. And I know the Swifties will still attack me either way, even though I have literally nothing bad <laughs> to say. I have no opinion on Taylor Swift. Yeah. We other than what Taylor I'm about Swift. to tell you. Like, we certainly are like, you know, when we hear about Taylor Swift in general, we're like, yeah, we're on your side. Yeah. Like, I want you to succeed. I want the best for it. you. I mean... I know that it was such a huge thing because she did release it independently. So it mm. does make it an indie album yes. in air quotes. But when <laughs> I... so Indie my, is a genre and a release strategy. <laughs> yes. 
So my brother actually had one of the country stations on because he listens to country. And oh, Betty came on and I was listening to it. I'm like, yeah, this is a country song. Mm. This this is what a country song is. And then um, on a different occasion, uh, Cardigan came on. I'm like, this is still a country song. If anything, it's just very mellow country. Mm-hmm. And that's my perspective on it. Obviously, I didn't listen to the entirety of folklore because, again, like I don't really have a much of a want to do so personally. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why it is so good because it is still a little bit different because there's more of a uh, more of like a consistent storytelling format compared to a lot of her other works gotcha where she has the themes overall mm-hmm. and she still sticks with that theme that people like to peg her for like oh you're talking about like these different like love scenarios but it's really consistent with what she's doing like there's kind of a plot line not like a clear plot line but yeah. i can definitely appreciate appreciate her starting to roam into that area and i think that's also why a lot of people are like this is like the best indie album Mm -hmm. because a lot of other indie albums you know and rock albums in general that we listen to a lot of them have concepts to them yeah so i can definitely give that you know as something that i I did enjoy that kind of stylistic take i don't know about evermore i haven't heard anything (laughs) about evermore honestly too late when that came out i was like okay it came in too late (laughs) it's it's this weird thing where like if an album is released in december can we count it for the year and it's like well yeah but like is there a cutoff and like kind of but not really because again this is arbitrary and doesn't really matter but uh i didn't hear much about evermore and uh haven't really heard any of it couldn't tell you i can comment on run the jewels just because i've had a lot of friends who are really into run the jewels in general so i started listening to it more and it's still everything they put out the last handful of beers has been very like on par rock solid so that as being a top pick i feel for a lot of people across the board uh i can definitely appreciate now i didn't listen to the full album specifically i've listened to a lot of the singles and like other tracks that have just come up in playlists and what we've played on stream but it is very concrete and they still have a really strong message that they always give out. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely appreciate that. And because they're always just like so fucking hard, Mm -hmm. like they're just so hardcore that it's fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's aggressive. And the fact that like, (laughs) it's it's so aggressive, but it just, it's so great. I like aggressive music. So for me, that's yeah, absolutely. It's great. I think that's why it hits with the riot fest crowd. See you in 2021. It was supposed to hit with the, uh, it was supposed to hit with a pitchfork crowd. They were wrong. I don't know how that would have well, hit. I think I think they're pretty I think they they You would have been right with some of the kids who'd be there. Yeah. But there definitely would be like oh, there's a pit. They've they've that was come my across experience at pitchfork anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Ben from the band Man Dancing. Having been asked to list my top three or so albums of twenty twenty, I came up with the following list without having put all too much thought into it. Uh, first up, The Great Dismal by Nothing. I think this is the album that's gotten the most spins by me this year, um, and one thing that I really enjoy about it is that it's like an ultra-modern take on my favorite elements of bands like Smashing Pumpkins or My Bloody Valentine, just dipped in a vat of aloe vera gel and left to uh, marinate and moisturize. And secondly, uh, 
the album Ohms by Deftones. Also got quite a few listens this year. Uh, I tend to not listen to the same music over and over again, so if an album gets four or five listens front to back from me, I think that that more or less qualifies it for a top contender. Fun fact about Ohms by Deftones, on the song called, nah, it escapes me, The Spell of Mathematics in the snapping breakdown, that features uh, world-class uh, drummer uh, Zach Hill is uh, is snapping along with the with the band in that part of the song. I just found that out recently. I thought that was a fun fact. And lastly, I selected the album Shore by Fleet Foxes. Now, I actually only listened to this album once this year. My girlfriend put it on while we were on a road trip, and we listened to it front to back, and I was just completely blown away, and I've been <laughs> meaning to come back to it and listen to it again, but I really, really liked that album, so I just um, decided to throw that on the list. So that's about that. So I had heard so many mixed uh, reviews of Ohms by Deftones. Like I just had no clear, concise. Like I, I come from a community of people that really like Deftones, like obsessed about Deftones. Like there is just a very strong opinion towards them. So when this record came out and then no, like some of them were really excited about it, but then some other people were like, this is kind of lame. I wasn't sure what to think about it. Uh, but like Ben was saying, like if it gets a few rotations, it's clearly an album you really enjoyed. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I need to go and check it out. Cause I, I never checked it out just because of that. Like it, it didn't get that sense that like, uh, maybe it's like Deftones are getting a little older, a little, a little, you know, they're, they're just doing the same sort of things over and over again. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll have to actually now go listen to it and prove myself wrong. <laughs> I know in the the first album, he mentions, I've never heard of the <laughs> band, but I really enjoyed the description <laughs> of it being of like Smashing Pumpkins um, because it's that gives me like a grunge undertaking. I can definitely be wrong. I can be completely off par with this, but I'm just taking from what I hear <laughs> and, you know, an aloe of aloe vera that yeah. too. It's quite a descriptor here, and I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Definitely painted a picture. So I I appreciate that reiteration of it. I have no idea what that band is, but hopefully, if I mean, you gave it quite a few spins. I'm assuming five, mm -hmm. because that seems to be the limit, the peak mm -hmm. of spinning albums for Ben from Man Dancing. <laughs> Hey, if anything, that's like a good rule to live by because you finish it and then mm. you move. You have to move on to something we have else. To so move you actually on. listen. We have to, to move other on. Other albums. We have to move on <laughs> to a different fucking on. album. So it's probably a good. It's a good. That's a good thing to do in 2021, guys. Yeah. Just have to move on. You just have to. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I mean, these are not bands I've generally listened to. The other two, uh, Deftones being the one. Um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate Ben. Appreciate Sarah for sending yours over. Thank you both. Thank you and I need to get our number four out of the way. Then we'll listen to some more of our guests. 
I will go first because you went first last time and we are nothing if not an equitable podcast. Our, <laughs> our main statistic of most <laughs> on our top 10 podcasts what? of the year. Most equitable edition. Emo Social oh Club podcast. <laughs> so I will do my number four. You're too powerful. I forgot that I had that. the effect on there. Or not. Sorry. <laughs> I'm too powerful that too powerful, it won't even turn off. Too powerful. Yeah, I forgot. The, it does, it's not a, it's a pressed, it's a toggle, not a hold to activate. Oh, Brian. My number four is Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall. And interest. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, but also. again, I listened to five records this year. So it's like, yes. that's my top five based on priority, based on what I enjoyed the most. Um, when it comes down to it, there is something about this record that hit right at the right time. It was number one on the charts. It's an artist who made a transition into a new genre of pop punk. We have pop punk friends. We have pop punk lifestyles. We listen to this kind of music. And a lot of the songs are like very basic pop songs that are done in pop punk. But also like that's the absolute charm of it. It's just how catchy they are, how like addictive it is to listen to it, how good some of the songs are. Like Forget Me Too with Halsey is like one of my top songs of the year. It's it's incredible how well Halsey fits into the pop punk genre and how well machine gun Kelly can coordinate a pop punk record. <laughs> I mean, we gotta, we gotta give it up to Travis Barker in general for 2020 because he clearly made a lot yeah. of these songs as good as they are. Um, yeah, I, I would, uh, I would give it mostly to Travis Barker more so than machine gun Kelly, but that's me from, uh, not behind the scenes. That's me from very, very much in the audience. Um, but I would I would say that the record itself is good. It is nothing if not simple and like straightforward, like just pop rock and pop stuff. But I really enjoyed it. I think that we've had a very strong year of listening to this record. Uh, so I yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put it on my list. Come for me, bros. I think that's a good. I think it's good. I mean, I know a lot of people were some you know here and there and saying that he was just doing it because of Travis Barker and having the upper hand which yes but at the same time it's a really good marketing move mm -hmm. and I was actually I completely forgot about this but because he had his beef with Eminem mm -hmm. I guess that pretty much like effective like effectively I guess in the rap community mm -hmm. like kind of tossed him out so he didn't really have anywhere else to pivot to but I mean, not necessarily pop punk, but maybe more in like the rock genre. Mm -hmm. And I think he's been able to do it fairly well because we wouldn't see a lot of, you know, artists in different genres pivoting over to, you know, any other genre well enough. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good to see that versatility. And I think also it kind of brings together the whole like emo rap sensation and mm -hmm. phenomena that we've been having of saying that hey we know you guys are gonna like this and i think it's normalizing it a lot more so it's also helping a lot of people who would you know obviously be more outcasts in our scene so those who are like marginalized peoples and like poc individuals and saying like oh this is the music that you know we like and we listen to traditionally sometimes and now everybody else in the scene is doing it too so please accept it like it's been here all this time mm -hmm. same thing with like new metal too because new metal's been kind of like making a 
little tiptoe comeback because <laughs> of the anniversary of Lincoln Park. True. So I think it's been really cool to see it. Yeah. I have no problem with taking different types of genres and putting them all together. And I think that anybody who has an issue with that is a gatekeeper and you need to shut up. Come for me. Lizzie, what is your number four? My number four is Hot Mulligans, You'll Be Fine, which I completely forgot actually came out this year because it came out in like, I think January or February. Yeah. <laughs> which is forever ago, obviously. It's been a whole last year. But Hot Mulligans, one of my favorite bands, and You'll Be Fine really was just them coming out and saying, okay, we're done with doing, you know, our EPs. They had Pilot, which was a great uh, debut album. But this album also kind of like solidified their sound of what they are as a band. And I think it gave people really good taste of what's to come for them. And they've been like slowly blowing up. And it was really cool to see that they were finally like getting some of the recognition more so and like uh, not in like a full mainstream retrospect, but to see so many people be understand and like resonate also i mean the title's called you'll be fine in an entire year where we didn't think that <laughs> and we, we weren't anywhere okay yeah. or fine <laughs> i still don't think that personally with how everything's <laughs> tracking um but i just think overall the album's super solid it's very hot mulligan sounding it also kind of integrates a lot of different it's some of it's a little bit slower compared to some of their older songs to me personally but it's still it flows super super well and that is why that's my number four. Next up, my friend of the pod, three times guest, twice just in this year, which is great. <laughs> uh, host of High Notes podcast, James Shotwell. He's very like, he's very much somebody who's like, here are my top five records of the year and just like throws them out on social media all the time. So he's very uh, like, we probably already know what his are, but. He'll describe them much better here than he did on uh, on Instagram, I'm sure. On Twitter. Yeah. Yes. What's up, Emo Social Club? My name is James Shotwell, and I am the host of High Notes. I'm also one of the only three-time guests in the history of Emo Social <laughs> Club, and I could not be more excited to tell you about my album of the year picks. Now, I do want to note off the top that I wanted to refer to you as whatever you call yourselves, but I don't know if the Emo Social Club members have a name. <laughs> Are you emos? Are you clubbers? Are you emo clubbers? I don't know. I hope that there is one. If there isn't, please allow me to be part of the pitch session. But that's not why I'm here. <laughs> you asked me to tell you my top three albums of 2020, and none of them, I think, qualify as emo albums per se, but I think there's an argument to be made for each. So I'm going to start at number three, work my way down to number one. And coming in at number three is Out of Body. It's the latest studio album from the band Need to Breathe, which is a band that I think is given a lot of criticism for things that aren't necessarily true. A lot of people file them as a Christian band or an alternative Christian band, and that's not really the case. They're just an American rock band, and yeah, they might have some spiritual beliefs, but that doesn't really dictate what they're doing with their music. And Out of Body is a crazy wonderfully cathartic celebration of existence, especially through the perseverance of 
with hard times. It's a record that makes my soul happy, and I don't know any other way to really describe it to you. From the opening track to the closing track, the band does a wonderful job of just talking about what it feels like to be in this weird vessel we call a body and trying to exist in a universe that you can't fully comprehend. It has highs, it has lows, it has oohs and ahs, it has everything that you want in an album that makes you want to drive fast in your car while looking like somebody that fell out of an Urban Outfitters catalog. And I mean that in the most complimentary way. Okay, coming in at the number two spot is one of the three albums from San Benito, otherwise known as Bad Bunny. I'm going with the first one he released in 2020. It was called Y-H-L-Q-M-D-L-G, and that has a long title, but I'm not very good at speaking Spanish, so we're just going <laughs> to use the letters, and that's kind of the general gist of it. Anyways... I'd never been a giant Bad Bunny fan before 2020, but this album completely dominated my year. I'm honestly surprised that Bad Bunny wasn't my most listened to artist. He actually came in at number two, but that is fitting given where the album showed up. But this album is just banger after banger. There is so many great lines and tracks and beats and vibes on this record. I got Laura, one of the people that works with me on High Notes, involved in loving it, as well as pretty much anyone that I've met this year I've talked to about this album. I even wrote about it in my newsletter. Bad Bunny just has this really good way of tapping into the culture of right now. There's a line on the opening track of the album that's something along the lines of, I don't write songs anymore. I only make memes. And if that isn't everybody in music Twitter, I don't know what is. So if you haven't checked that album out, please do. And like I said, he released three records this year. All three are great. Please check those out. But coming in at the number one spot, my favorite album of 2020, without a doubt, by a country mile, is Jason Isbell and the 400 Units Reunions. Now, this album came out in May. Just two months after we went into lockdown, it prevented him from doing practically any touring this year. But this album, whoo, this is an album to get caught up in your feels to. It has a lot of songs about what it's like to try and process existence. And I know that that's very big and very vague, but that's what Jason Isbell does best. He is a storyteller. He is a songwriter. He is the person that we need right now in this life to make sense of it all. He writes these beautiful songs about growing up in a small town, selling everything to try to make your dreams come true, only to have your dreams come true and realize that the things that matter most are the things that you had way back in the beginning. Reunions is an album about coming full circle, about realizing that all you ever really needed was yourself and the people that you love and a thing that you love to do. And if you can make a living at that, that's great. But even if you can't, as long as you know what it is and you make time to prioritize those three things, yourself, the people you love, and the thing that you love to do, then you're going to be all right. And after a year like 2020, I think we need more messages like that. And if you haven't listened to any of these albums, please go check them out as soon as possible and tell me your favorite albums. You can find me on Twitter. It's James Shotwell underscore or High Notes Pod. Again, that's High Notes P-O-D. Our second season is out now. I still have like 20 seconds left, so let me pitch it. High Notes is a podcast about addiction and recovery in the music business. We would love for you to listen to it. Please help us save lives. Tell all your friends. Again, it's called High Notes Pod. Thank you, Emo Social Club. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Lizzie. Uh, Mania is the best Fallout Boy album. Okay, that's all I have. Bye. I can't believe he would do that to us. I can't believe he would do that to us. That was great. You know, they always tell you in broadcast school uh, to use all your time up. Mm -hmm. No matter what. Same thing in debate. Always use your time, even if you're, like, filling it with random shit at the end. Mm -hmm. And that was great. And it was was random shit. Uh, 
James has been very vocal on social media about Jason Isbell for a long time, I think. I think it's like one of his favorite artists. Favorite. Yeah. yeah. Um, I only really found out more about him because my um, old radio station I worked at, he was like one of our artists that we always like played. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know who he was. I just saw the name and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I didn't really have much thought about it. And then I was actually listening to a WNYC podcast mm -hmm. where him and his wife, I know her name is like Amanda something, but she's also a Americana artist. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Jason Isbell's uh, alcoholism and how he was able to, you know, go and get help for it. Mm. And I thought it was really interesting. I was like, oh, I never actually listened to this guy before. I just thought he was more like country based, but it is more Americana rock. And also his wife's stuff is also really good, too. And I was like, oh, OK. So, I mean, it's not something I personally listen to, but I can definitely understand the vibe and why James really likes it, especially in the way that he described <laughs> the entirety of this album. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have experience on uh, Jason Isbell. I have heard uh, Bad Bunny before. And the idea that somebody released three albums this year is like, okay. <laughs> okay, man. Uh, I mean, it's Bad Bunny. I know that last year he did release another album i remember they had like little cartoon figures on mm -hmm. the front of it i don't remember what the name of it was but i did like the music that was on yeah. there i just never really went into listening to him more but in general like his public image has been very like open mm -hmm. and out there and pretty progressive compared to a lot of the um True. like rap and latin industry too so he donated a bunch of money to puerto rico if i'm not mistaken I think After the so. hurricane, there was like a lot of him being like a very, um, or no, I think he was going for statehood. I, it, it, this, this could have happened this year. It could have happened within the past five, but either way, it's the same length of time. Uh, so I don't remember. I know that he is a super cool dude and I don't speak Spanish, so I don't understand most of his music, but it's vibey and it's, it's dancey and I can dig that, but it's very hard for, I, I've had friends who are like, I can't listen to music that isn't the language I understand because it's really hard for me to like connect to it. But I don't know if that's true of dancey vibes and the bop bops. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, all of us probably listened to the Russian version of Tattoos, all the things she said, and really vibed with it. That's one. And I'm pretty sure one if person you disagree, that you're, you're, I, I'm going to say I disagree. <laughs> If you disagree, you're One wrong. One person does that here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, uh, I, we appreciate James for for being on the pod so many times this year already, and uh, for his his takes, his correct takes. Before we get into our number three pick, we're gonna hear from Action Adventure. We got Blake, Brompton, Oren, and Adrian, who sent us over their favorites. So. Uh, we, we said, you know what, we want to hear from all of you. Just, you know, pick some, pick some of your favorite records and throw them out. So, uh, let's go ahead and listen to Action Adventure, who, by the way, has already said we're their favorite interview of 2020. So, you know. It's confirmed. Brian even ordered their anime long sleeve, uh, which I is actually it. sold out now on their band camp. Yeah, I love I it. Because I went to go put, put some stuff preemptively in my band camp cart. <laughs> And he, they sent a note that said, best interview ever. Mm -hmm. So we still it's stand. True. It's going to go on our website. It's on our website. As a quote. We need to update our website, but it'll be there. It'll, it's going to say it. It'll be well known. 
TikTok popular action adventure. Best interview ever. Just saying. Hey, what's up? It's Blake. This is Oren. This is Adrian. This is Brown from Action Adventure. We're here today talking about our top three albums of 2020. So coming in at number three, we've got Man on the Moon 3, The Chosen by Kid Cudi. And we got Adrian talking about that record. Um, I had been anticipating this for a little while, just waiting on getting the third of the trilogy of Man on the Moon. And I was just really happy. I feel that it's a very cohesive album from start to finish. I love what they did with the voice and all the beats that he chose. I actually even love the album art that is kind of like a callback to the uh, first Man on the Moon with the same color scheme. And uh, it's just, I can't say enough about it. It's just really amazing. She knows this actually has to be my favorite one. I feel like all the beats are kind of ethereal and yet they're still, uh, they still go hard. I don't know how other way to say it than go hard. But anyway, I can't stop listening to it. It's amazing. Coming in hot with our number two pick, we've got Blake talking about our homies in Honey Creek's debut record, Whole Year in Transit. Us and the dudes at Honey Creek have been friends for a minute, so we naturally were super stoked to listen to their debut album, A Whole Year in Transit, the day it dropped. And we were not disappointed. What we always loved about that band is their ability to write sincere lyrics wrapped in some seriously infectious melodies. Like, make no mistake, the songs are catchy. And it's not just the lyrics. The album is tattered with really awesome guitar work from nasty leads to drums that make you want to bop your head. This album does it for us this year. It's pure pop punk top to bottom while adding in some unique spices to make our homies from Wisconsin worth listening to. And honorable mention, we may have done some guest vocals on that album too, but that's not important. Um, <laughs> peep the album and support our homies in Honey Creek. They deserve it, and that album is so much fun. So much love to them. Check them out. And finally, for Action Adventures 2020 Album of the Year, we got to give it to Four Years Strong for the record Brain Pain. Our whole band holds them in very high regard. Uh, this album was no exception, and I think that was shown by our Spotify wrapped. I, I believe all of us had them uh, in our top five songs of 2020, so... That says something. Yeah, I really think that uh, Four Year Strong blew it out of the water with Brain Pain. Not only were they my top artist of the year, every single one of my top five songs was on Brain Pain, which is pretty insane. And not only that, the entire record made it into my top 100 songs of Spotify. So that's absolute, that's just nuts. A lot of the subject matter on the album had to do with balancing uh, different facets of life, including being in a band and being in a relationship and having children and just a, a lot of things that we deal with uh, as, as people, as bandmates. It really captures the way we feel a lot of the time. You know, and to echo what Oren said, the record really, it does speak to us because we're definitely just five dudes and we have you know, five separate lives outside of the band. You know, we all have jobs, we all have significant others and partners. Uh, you know, we all have separate friend groups even. Yes, the, you know, every, we're all like, you know, five really, really close best friends, but to see people that, you know, we've looked up to, people who are at the level that we want to be at, to, to hear them talk about issues that relate so deeply to us um you know that aren't just the typical norm of what you would hear in our genre of music or in that genre of music it's something that really it hits home super hard and it's just something that resonated so deeply with us
Not to mention, every member of that band fucking rips throughout that entire album. So, 10 out of 10. 2020 has definitely been a year that's been challenging for so many of us. And, uh, you know, music is definitely one thing that was able to get a lot of us through it. These three records have definitely been super important to all of us as a band. What a bunch of nice boys. What a bunch of nice boys. Nice boys. I love that they edited that all together. <laughs> I was like, you don't yeah, have to do that. Yeah, that was really nice <laughs> But uh, I know they love, uh, they love putting a little bit of extra effort into their work. So thank you for doing that, y'all. Um, yeah, I need to listen to that Kid Cudi record because I remember back in the day being really into Man on the Moon 1. And Kid Cudi is like a very good artist who seems like he he takes a lot of time between his stuff. I know he's been through a lot of stuff in his life and uh, it took him a while to get this record out. So I, I feel bad that I haven't listened to it yet because I really do enjoy Kid Cudi. So I like that. I like that pick in there. I know with Honey Creek, I've heard the name, but I've never listened to them. But I've seen them kind of, you know, here and there on Twitter. So I know that they're fairly popular. So that's definitely when it comes to new music obviously especially in this pop punk realm that a lot of you people listen to just a general assumption you know not called pop punk social club okay i know if anybody takes that as a fucking podcast name though i will end you i will find you and end you (laughs) do we get a royalty bro i'm about to i'm about to register as a trademark so nobody can come for me i'm about to like he's about to buy a website for it for no fucking reason and then say you can't have it there is a reason and the reason is you can't have it reserve the handles now because otherwise we're gonna have x at the end of everyone i'm on it (laughs) after we're done with this i'm doing it stop but also with four year strong i've never been a four year strong fan i've never really listened to them yeah me neither which i think some people would be like why well because they never came across my radar in my adolescence sorry (laughs) but i've always i know a lot of people do really enjoy them and to hear how they're kind of embracing and looking at the past and how their life is now and i know we've seen a lot of that imagery and like theme with like the menzingers Mm -hmm. like looking back and being like Oh, I'm like old in my 30s and I'm like moving <laughs> on in life. I'm entering like a new stage in my life or my 20s, which obviously a lot of us can, you know, relate to or subscribe to and yes. understand those feelings to it. Yes, Mainly I can. Brian. Yeah, I know you can. <sighs> so I think it's cool to also see pop punk bands more in like that a lot of people still actively listen to in, you know, their older stuff, especially in like they get played at like Emo Nights and, you know, pop punk versus Emo Nights too. I think it's cool and I think it's that's a new trend we're gonna start to see because our pop punk bands and emo bands that we really like, they're getting older and like, <laughs> what else are they gonna write about? What else are you gonna do? They're gonna write about growing up yep. and being like, My kid <laughs> is here. You gotta stop being like corn and talking about the kids that bullied you in high school. It's like, dude, you're like fifty six. Like stop. Talk about your coworkers who bully you at your office. Just, that's more realistic. I think it's just like talk about your lives and how they've changed because your audience is staying with you and they'll still relate to it. I can appreciate it. I can appreciate it. It's time, Lizzie. Number three. I like a weird I like a weird little thing at the end there, but whatever. <laughs> uh would you like to go first i suppose so equitably 
equitably. And my number three mm-hmm. is Dogleg's uh, Melee. And Dogleg is basically, what? I guess what you would say is like the traditional emo sounding bands. And they came out, and I'm pretty sure like they got a high review, which is for Pitchfork, like seven and up mm-hmm. on Pitchfork. And their album is just very, very fluid. It's solid. It's I listened to it earlier this year when it came out, and then I did what Ben did. I listened to it a handful of times, and I moved on again, mm-hmm. bringing them with us into 2021 <laughs> to explore more things. Mm-hmm. But from what I remember listening to it, I really enjoyed the album. I did a good few listens, and I know it's also just in general a fan favorite in the scene, and I know also across the board a lot of people put it somewhere, wherever, and however many album of the year picks that they did, whether they did 75 or 45 or 101 or some really weird number. It's arbitrary. But for, exactly. I mean, Dog Lake was going to be playing Pitchfork here in Chicago too, and I was kind of upset because I wanted to go not to Pitchfork again. Personally, I don't fit in there. And obviously it didn't happen, but it is a very solid album. If you like to have kind of like that indie emo vibe and sound, there's a lot of crunchy guitars and the singing is kind of like that raspy, but also melodic tendency. Uh, This is definitely an album you're going to like and hopefully you do like it and enjoy it. And if you're still like on the edge, definitely just listen to a couple songs. I think you'll get hooked on it. They're just a really good band overall. <laughs> a lot of words that I just didn't understand. <laughs> I understood Melee. That's okay. Hey, that's it. <laughs> I know you would. I saw it. I'm like, he's going to have fun with that. It's in it's in a Smash Brothers title, so of course I know it. It is. I chose for my number three. This may surprise you, but it probably won't. It's, it's only five records. So it's probably not going to be that surprising. The 1975 Notes on a Conditional Form. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. 20 listeners just stopped listening. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> oh, this guy still likes the 1975. Fucking cool. Um, this is a fucking weird record, man. This is a fucking weird record, which is why like, I couldn't put it up any higher because I'm like, what is going on here? And all the reviews of it when it, when it came out was just stop letting Matty Healy do whatever he wants because it's not working. I disagree with that after some time between when it came out and what it is now and time between the singles that were released and now just the album existing in the world. Um, The singles were put out to be kind of like different genre types, different things that were uh, Maddie and the band's interests. And like, let's just, let's just, split all these up into songs and singles and put them out and make make visual art for all of them and that's it uh a side note thing i really liked about the record they made visual art for every song on it and had a different artist work on different things i think that was really cool uh there are some songs on there that are just like super catchy though and if you don't listen to it in the context of the record it actually is like made up of very strong pieces so this is like one of those things where i'm like there was no reason for like a what 20 something song record because there's a bunch of what I would maybe call filler on there or just things that aren't as strong as everything else. There are instrumental parts. There are other things that are on there that like probably don't belong. But I do think that the songs that were put out were very strong independently outside of the context of a record. And 
when we're looking at everything else that's been released this year, like EPs, like shorter things, like like singles, like that's all you're putting out, that's all you're doing. I think it makes sense if you just say this shouldn't have been a record, but we are tied to this expectation of records being what we do. So we're going to fill the fucking record and do a bunch of shit on it and not like kind of hone it down and make something that's sort of like whatever you feel like, whatever you want to make in that smaller package that kind of makes more sense as its own cohesive thing. It's it, That's why I say it's weird because it's like, number one, do whatever you want. You're one of the biggest bands in the world. You can literally just fuck around, see what happens. I mean, they did. Yeah. No, they fucked around. They saw it happen. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, first of all, when we heard people, we were like, this song is incredible. And that was put out last year, which is why I forgot this album was released this year. Um, and what month it was released. Cause I'm like, Oh, it was probably released like in the beginning. Nope. Right. In the, right. Smack dab in the middle. <laughs> um, so I, I, it, it just took a while to go, okay, this isn't going to be the record. I thought it was going to be when people came out or when frail state of mind came out. And then like they kept releasing more songs as singles. And it's like, this record's going to be soft as hell, but it's going to have like an opening that is like a kick in the chin. So it's very strange as a record, but all the songs on it, I think come together and are independently very good songs. Uh, If you're too shy is a great, great, great song. So yeah, I had to put it on there somewhere, but it's definitely not my top top. It's just my middle middle. Middle, middle. Yeah, it's like middle of my middles. Anyway, okay. Brian still likes the 1975. No one is surprised. Absolutely fucking no one. <laughs> All right, let's listen to a couple more of our, our our new friends of the year, our guests of the year. Next up, we have Willow from the Sonder Bombs. Uh, we very much appreciated interviewing them here as well. Super friendly, super fun, super nice band. Uh, so let's, let's hear what Willow, uh, what Willow was appreciating. My top three albums of the year are Barty Strange, Live Forever, Miley Cyrus, Plastic Hearts, and Francis Quinlan's Likewise. So Miley Cyrus yes. is very interesting now because she basically just I mean, wants to be. I mean, she's always been an interesting person. You know what where, I mean? Where have you been? But it's like, okay, okay. First of all, if you're going against the grain at a certain point, and then it becomes very popular and it starts influencing other people. You are no longer going against the grain. You are now the grain. So Miley Cyrus, when she first started doing all of her crazy shit, crazies in quotes for listeners, uh, she was out of the norm and it was very weird and very wild that she's doing all this shit, right? That's what everybody's consideration was at the time. Then that she's already done all that. Now she has to do something that's even more surprising and shocking. And I guess that was basically just doing Stevie Nicks, but still being kind of Miley Cyrus. So I don't know. It's just, it's a very interesting position of like being more of a songwriter in 2020, but also basically just trying to still be kind of Miley Cyrus in the same way. But the songs are really good. So I can't argue with it. Songs are I good. Mean, when she, when she did, dropped her covering Zombie by the Cranberries, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, your voice is like everybody was saying your voice is meant for like rock music. Yep. She has that capacity and she has that, you know, like spectrum she can hit mm-hmm. on it. And Plastic Hearts was definitely it did kind of sound. I mean, it was rock. And a lot of people were saying that it was very like 80s vibe, which I agree, like 80s rock vibe. I do think that her voice is more suited for it. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited 
overall. I know a lot of people were really pissed off that it, the album came. I think it was like number one on the Billboard Rock charts the first week it came out. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people were pissed off. They're like, she's not even really rock music. She's pop. And it's like, we've seen the range of everybody this year. Yeah. We have to disregard everything we know or knew it, about what like rock music has been and will be because it's going to be completely different. Right. It's like, and I mean, and she, I mean, it has like, it has guitars, it has drums, yeah. it has everything people who have been like rock purists assholes for so long saying like oh they don't play the real issue it's there yeah what do you want no they don't want to be happy (laughs) they never want to be happy it's like it 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 comes down to more the genre of the record not the genre of the artist because the artist is not a genre the artist is a human being who wants to create whatever they want to create and could could enjoy experimentation but because all these fans i put fans in quotes for the listeners are all out here (laughs) just like talking shit about these people and their genre and there's like oh you can't you can't leave that though we we've we've pigeonholed you into this and now these artists who are fairly well established i think it's mostly when they're very well established as something they want to experiment they want to try something else and we say no you can't do that and that sucks stupid so dumb do whatever you fucking want as an artist and fuck these people and if you're a, a listener of music like do let them do it <laughs> like just, just shut up man if you don't like, like listen, it that's fine they're doing whatever the fuck they want to do yeah. they're doing great at it are they really hurting you no are they hurting you it doesn't change anything about anything else it's literally just like a person who isn't going to do the same thing all the time doing something different for once and they could just as easily go back to doing the same thing they did before if they want to but like i don't know like just let people live I think it'd be different if you were putting out more music more often. Like, if the 1975 did a full record of people, right? And they were like, I'd we're, be so happy. Right. I'd be so fucking Oh, it'd be so good. Uh, but it's it'd like... It'd be the only album I would listen to them. <laughs> but it's like, it's like if they did that, and then they also did another record, like, a couple months later, that was all, like, Frail State of Mind then you could please everybody. You could do a bunch of stuff and experiment with all of it and get like all this different music coming out. And maybe somebody goes, oh, I really like that record, but I don't really like their other stuff. Well, that's fine. That's okay. Their other stuff exists if you want to listen to it. And that album exists if you want to listen to it. And other artists that also do that genre of music also exist. You could literally do whatever you want. It doesn't hurt anybody. And it just gives freedom to the artist. But if you're like, Oh, we're only putting out one record every like couple years, every three, four years. And it's like this. And it's not something that I can grasp onto. And now I have to wait another four years for something different. Like that, I think, becomes like the impatience of the fan saying, I won't get something that I like for a while is the problem. I mean, if you really wanted to be like that, the one artist that I know who has done an obscene amount of records in one year that have different sounds to it is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. So go listen to them if you I want. I can't do I, it. That name is too long. Anything. Name I know they long, came out with an album this year. I don't remember what it was called. I didn't listen to it, but it's there. <laughs> Did they come out with more? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> Before we get into some honorable mentions, some singles, some things that we enjoyed that don't fit the traditional structure of a record. Damn artists and making whatever they want. Uh, here is Jacques from Hot Punk and Pizza Podcast. 
Hey, Emo Social Club, this is Jacques Lamour of Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. I want to give a big thank you to Lizzie and to Brian for having me as a guest on their podcast earlier this year, and also just allowing me to uh, be a part of this episode as well. Uh, so in 2020, we heard so many incredible releases, especially in the independent DIY scene. I discovered so many new artists this year, which made it really hard to choose just three of my favorite releases this year, but I did it! I chose three just for Lizzie and Brian. Uh, so these are in no particular order. Three of my favorite releases of 2020. Now the first one is my friend's Guardrail in Chicago. I, I had to choose at least one Chicago artist just because that's where I'm based in the Chicago area. And uh, Guardrail released their independent label debut called Yikes on Open Your Ears Records. And I was just extremely impressed by that whole EP. I've known the band since they started six years ago, and to watch them grow has just been incredible, especially with their latest rele release, Yikes. They really raised the bar with this EP, and I really can't wait to hear what comes next. So if you're looking for a great uh, EP, a great punk rock EP to listen to in 2021, 20, give Yikes a listen. Uh, moving to number two is Stand Atlantic's sophomore album, Pink Elephant. Crafting your second album is literally one of the hardest tasks to complete in any artist's career. It, it really doesn't matter if you're a punk band or a, a mega pop star. It is super hard. And I think that Stand Atlantic, they really pulled off their second full-length album extremely well. And I consider it to be a, a success for them, and I'm sure they do too. You know, Pink Elephant, it, it maintained the band's familiar sound while mixing in new elements and to find that balance is extremely difficult to find between pleasing fans but also pleasing yourself as a songwriter because a lot of songwriters get sick of playing the same thing over and over again or, or writing I should say writing and recording the same thing over and over again they want to try new things right but sometimes the fans don't like that. So I think they found a really good balance in Pink Elephant. So congratulations to them on achieving that. And the third and final release I want to share with you today is Beatdown Generation by a band called Millington. Now Millington was one of the many new artists that I discovered in 2020. And I'm really thankful I did because Beatdown Generation really captures elements of ska, punk, pop punk and emo blends them all together perfectly I, I really hope more people discover Millington because the diversity in their sound it really showcases how extremely talented they are when it comes to songwriting and remaining relevant to the current generation so those are my three favorite releases of 2020 I'm Jacques Lamour and I just want to say thank you once again to Lizzie and to Brian for having me and uh, being so supportive of Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. I hope everyone has an excellent new year, and I hope to actually have Lizzie and Brian on an episode sometime on uh, Pop Punk and Pizza in 2021. I need to uh, return the favor to you guys. So cheers to you all. I don't think any year could be worse than 2020 was. So here's to 2021 <laughs> being a much better year. Peace and love, guys.
and Atlantic was one of the bands this year that a lot of people requested on the streams. Every band that has Atlantic in its name was was requested on the streams. To be fair, yeah, I was trying to remember in my brain which Atlantic, what not ocean Twin Atlantic, band which is Scottish. Stand Atlantic is with uh, I can't remember her name, but female singer, and a lot of people were requesting songs by the band on our uh, on our stream. And honestly, I, I'm a fan now. I did not listen to this record, but I'm a fan of the band in general, and I think that the music is great. End of compliments, I guess. End of that. End of I will compliment. say I really enjoyed Guardrails Yikes as well. I've heard the band the last couple of years. And I think I remember a review. And it kind of sounded like a backhanded compliment. I don't remember who reviewed it because it was earlier this year. But they said, oh, this is arguably the best material they have ever put out as a band. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. So that's that's how we're, that's the vibe then. <laughs> All right. But I do agree with Jock. They have put out a very solid album with Yikes. And they are a band to really check out. They have really fun stage presence. I saw them at Snooze Fest at Lincoln Hall uh, last December 2019, obviously. And they were they had a really fun stage presence. They also have some horns in there sometimes. Ooh. And I see. Ooh. And I haven't heard of Millington personally, but I know Ska's coming back. And it should come <laughs> back. That we're, this is not a year for being mean to ska music. And Brian <laughs> has to agree because he really likes ska tune I, networks TikTok. I just like ska tune network. But that's it. I, I don't. You can't. Like, I, you I have can't to even like say that I've listened to a lot of ska tune networks music. Like, I, that's how it works, Brian. All right. Before we get into our number two and number one albums of the year we want to give this moment for some honorable mentions uh this could be uh records that didn't make our top five this could be singles this could be just sort of anything we want to also mention that came out this year that was something we enjoyed uh lizzie do you want to you want me to go first do you want me to go first you can we can, we can jump back can and forth first. on these We're you you can go sir let's jump let's jump back and forth Equitable. on some of these so i want to say that the song of the year for me the song of the year for me was Hypa Hypa by Eskimo Callboy. Like, <laughs> obviously. Like, this song was fucking mind-blowing. It's, like, so aggressive and so 2012 synth hardcore. And it just was, like, the right song at the right time that just, like, kind of made a really good experience for, for 2020. And I was like, man, I really hope this record's good. And not really... But it's it's fine. It's it's like it's not bad. It's just I worry that when they put out Hypa Hypa, they didn't realize what was gonna happen, and then it happened, and they were like, "Shit, we have five other songs that are nothing like this, or just aren't as like strong as this." So, um, which is why I I couldn't put it on my top five because I'm like I I don't love. A lot of songs in this record. It was it was basically an EP too. It was like six songs or so. Um, but Hypa Hypa was just so fucking strong as a song that I can't can't not mention it for 2020, you know? No, I get it. I almost completely forgot until right? like, yes, here's this here's a 
It's because again, it, I don't know when anything like really came out. I had to go look back and like yeah. Wikipedia be like, what was released this year? Because of time dilation, that song could have been released at any time. Again, there's some records here that were released in the middle of the year, and I'm like, oh, that was definitely 2019. It's like, no, dude, that happened. That happened to you so recently, but it feels like it happened a decade ago. It's so weird. All right, Lizzie, you give one of yours. I, I think um, to stick with singles, which I didn't really write down, but um, I think mine would probably be Garden by Meet Me at the Altar. They were mm-hmm. my last band that I saw live before quarantine mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> Them and Will met at um, a DIY venue in the city of Chicago, and I'm pretty sure I was the oldest person there <laughs> at 25 at the time. Just yeah. mind-blowing to me. Oh, boy. And... I, it's a very it's obviously it's like pop punk it's a new pop punk mm-hmm. and it has you know female poc leads and they were signed by what was a few by ramen this year making them the only you know poc all-female band ever to be signed by field by ramen mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy as we've talked about in a lot of our other you know episodes yeah if you've listened to us actively <laughs> um for being such an uh, inclusive scene you know uh the out that single just really stood out to me and obviously a lot of people really fucking vibe with it as you should Mm -hmm. i just think it was a long time and i'm really happy that that band because i've been following them the last like i think three or so years i'm just so fucking happy they finally got the recognition (laughs) they deserve especially with such a big single Mm -hmm. to kind of like kick it off me like hey guess what we're here it it just really (laughs) stuck and it still sticks with you know with a lot a lot of people yeah agreed I have this artist named Breakins, who I found this year after just letting my Spotify run around and just like put on whatever. Um, There's a song that came up and and whenever Lizzie brings this up, she's always like, Brian sometimes messages me a song and goes, wait, is this good or is this not good? (laughs) Uh, And I I need to double check sometimes because it's just hard to know uh, if I'm listening to something that actually sucks. Um, Breakins is good. Breakins is fun. Um, it's very much like in sort of like indie emo hip hop thing, but I don't think it goes too hard into hip hop. I think it goes more into like emo with electronics and weird vocal things. There's very like, and this is probably another Ani Mensch's uh, uh, hundred Gex. It has some very like strong hyper pop sections. It has uh, a lot of guitars that come in out of nowhere. It has like emo samples i'm pretty sure there's an under under oath sample in one of the songs um i just really dug it i didn't think it was as strong as some of the other records of this year i think it's it's very much like the new artist syndrome here where it's like yeah you're a new artist and you're making music for the first time on this kind of a stage but uh i'm i'm excited to see where an artist like him goes because it's like dude you did some really cool shit on this record i think uh throwing that in because i didn't write it down i almost forgot about it but kenny hoopla (laughs) Yeah. As well. Mm-hmm. Just coming out. Just like, fucking coming for throats, man. That was holy shit. I remember listening to his one single and he was supposed to be playing sub T before mm-hmm. COVID happened. And I was going to go because I really liked it. I forgot mm-hmm. who was supposed to be playing with him, but I think it was like an emo adjacent band, too. So it was kind of mm-hmm. like this fit for me. It made sense. I think um, if I pulled up the bill, it probably wouldn't have made sense for a lot of people at the time. But. <laughs> It's just this dude came out of fucking nowhere and he has how will I rest, you know, how will I rest in peace. And then the rest of his songs before he started, you know, collabing with some other artists, 
are very in the same vein of like just screaming and a little bit of like emo rap and then melding together so many intricate themes that we have heard in a lot of the songs we listen to but just integrating it so well with different genres and letting it flow and vibe so well and then the imagery that he just uses in like his music videos too and like also his social posts you know you get the kids with it because i've noticed there's been a lot more they have he has kind of like a younger following i've noticed Mm. Um, when I say younger, I mean like late high school, early college. Okay, <laughs> not so th- right. not that much younger, but yeah. still young in comparison. If you're looking at like a marketing standpoint, sure. But I think really Kenny Hoopla as an artist really came out swinging this year, especially when he started collabing and he did Estella with Travis Barker near the butt mm-hmm. end of 2020. Everybody did so much. And that Travis. was like it was under two minutes. Yep. And I'm like, please make this longer. This is such a fucking hard song. It's so good. <laughs> yep. And then he did the collab with Nothing Nowhere too, which mm. obviously both of those dudes like just go fucking hand in hand together. Yeah. Nothing Nowhere put out some really good songs this year too. Uh, with Kenny and then obviously separately as well. Um, do we want to talk about 100 Gex? Is that like that Gex. came out of fucking nowhere too? And that yeah, was just like, wait, what is yeah, this? Yeah, it did. Uh, Lizzie sent me one of the songs because I was like, okay, 100 Gex, like they're weird. She sent me the one uh, with Fall Out Boy, Craig Owens, uh, Hand Crushed by a Mallet remix. Yeah. And I was like, this is the future, man. <laughs> this is it. This song is so fucking catchy and weird and strange, and I love it. My friend actually had told me um, when we were at work earlier last year, they said, I think you would really like 100 Gex. I'm like, why? They're like, it's very like scene core. Mm -hmm. And they usually listen to like indie rock or something that's a little bit more obscure than that, which it exists. I didn't think it existed. And I listened to um, whatever one of their first albums was. And then I also just put, you know, their most popular songs on like repeat. I'm like, oh, yeah, like I I vibe with this. This is giving Mm -hmm. me the scene kid like. Cobra Starship type vibes. Yeah. I love I love that. And then they dropped Hand Crushed by a Mallet. And I my mind was fucking blown. Yeah. I shit you not. I put that on a playlist to work out to as a hit workout for 25 minutes. And I just did this workout routine to that song on repeat yep. because it is so high energy and is just so catchy and good. I don't see a flaw. <laughs> in that song no, which obviously if you hear the screaming and everything at the end everyone's gonna see flaws with it but i don't know i it's, love it it's madness and it's chaos for the purpose of madness and chaos it is absolutely great to kickbox too i'm telling you that uh yeah 100 gex just fucking what but also what <laughs> um i think my last honorable mention will be something that lizzie's gonna immediately go oh god or of course it is Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even that I like his music that much, but like fucking corpse, man, like knew it. out of nowhere, this guy blows up on YouTube, had a bunch of songs and then it's like, oh, he's a musician. And so I checked it out and I was like, I don't really like this that much. I don't, I don't enjoy this. Listen to it a fuck ton of times though, apparently. So, uh, it just is what it is, man. Like, I don't think it's really my genre. It's not really my style. But uh, it is. you, you got to give it up for somebody who literally was like hustling for so long, working really hard for so long, blew up on YouTube. Everybody's reaching out to him to be on a label, make music with him. 
and uh, he just turned everybody down for their labels and he's just doing everything on his own. He's uh, he's playing with all of his favorite artists on Among Us. Like you got to give it up to that. Like cool. It's a cool success story for a guy who seems very like humbled by it. And it's just like, I, I'm, uh, I'm just really amazed to be here. <laughs> so yeah, it's not even that I like it. I just like the story and I'm like, cool. The song's fine. Also every artist, and we learned this from action adventure too, is like, make some short songs, just make them like real short, just get in, get out. I think that that Brian is only like short songs now. It's like, it, it is mind blowing how much more popular these artists that are making shorter songs are getting right away. Uh, we were talking the other day that like, maybe this is something that we'll see in the future with like new artists that are releasing new material is they'll make some shorter songs. Uh, I mean, we talked about it with action adventure of like, if we make a one minute song, maybe you'll like the ones that are three minutes too. So I totally get it. Like it, it absolutely makes sense because it is working for people. So our advice to new, new bands and new artists. And also make a sticker so Brian can have a I love corpse sticker. That was a hand. That was that was a Christmas gift, and it was personally made. That was not a something you can purchase. That is a. That is that is the beauty just, of that gift. It was a just for Brian gift. It was just for me. I mean, I guess somebody else could also order the same thing from the same <laughs> person that made it. But all I'm saying is, it's a it's a custom made sticker. I think. Um, one of I don't have just one like artist that stood out, but I do have a lot of a lot of honorable mentions more than Lizzie I can think never pick before. five or short amount. No, I cannot. And so one of them was one that Willow had um, from Sound of Bombs had mentioned earlier. Bartsy Strange Live Forever. Mm-hmm. It's very chill, but also ha- it has a good momentum in the music too. And actually, Ryan, I think it was Ryan Reynolds actually posted on his Instagram yeah. that he loved that album and like everything sold out. Barty Strange is like blown up so much. And I think it's just a really solid album. A lot of his music is just very, I guess, in comparison, chill, chilled out um, compared to like a lot of the pop punk and like emo music we've kind of been like talking about and recommending. But I think a lot of people, obviously, they very much enjoy it and like it. But it's mm. definitely a standout album because it was just so substantially different to be to see and hear, especially this past year where, I mean, we talk about like a lot of emo rap and, you know, pop punk and, you know, transitioning over to different, you know, genres. Mm. This just kind of came out of left field. It was very tradi- like traditional and air quotes indie music for the most part. And it just it blew me away blew npr away <laughs> it blew away npr it blew away npr um one also They've never I recovered <laughs> one also that i wanted to mention at the top of uh, our friend connor skelly he has been uh super cool been on the last two years for our album of the year um spanish love songs brave faces everyone which i did not recall came out this year at all <laughs> i swore to god it came out even in i knew but only because we talked about the band last year and i saw I it come out this year i literally did not remember i thought this came out in 2019 but it is that new emo very rough and raspy vocals talking about what's going on in you know their lives and like growing up and having hardships it's very reminiscent of menzingers i feel and they were actually supposed to do a show at Cobra Ranch with 
Just Friends and Future Teens, which I really wanted to go to because it was such a stellar lineup and that mm. just didn't happen because of COVID. <laughs> right. But it's also such a good fucking album. And it's like we have so many new emo bands out now that like I need so many more people to listen to and like just because they're so good. Um, and then I'll just run through these also, just so I'm not taking up too much of Brian's uh, honorable mentions. I don't know. Do you have any other ones, Brian? I am, do- I am done. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to so speak go through ahead. these. Uh, Friends of the Pod, <laughs> Barely Civil, I'll figure this out. It was a really good kind of cinematic sounding album for me personally, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, Pups EP, This Place Sucks. Um, just a fucking banging EP the whole way through. Um, one of them I won't bring up because I know it's Brian's. Uh, Milk Belly's Pith. Came out really early in 2020. I also forgot this came out in 2020 because it came out so early. Very grungy. Um, it, it reminds me of 90s grunge. 90s grunge, if a chick did it. And then there was a bunch of distortions and a lot of like really crackly sounding guitars. Fucking loved it. It's great. Also <laughs> sounds like super like psych rocky too. And it, sound, it sounds like what I think having like an acid trip would be like. But I don't know how that would necessarily be like because I've never mm. done drugs so I'm we're not about to start to prove I'm that. not about to start just to give you that there's <laughs> not enough money to make me do that but Milk Billy is also a Chicago it. band <laughs> yeah um I think it's Bocce or Batchy B-A-C-C-H-E-E Pleasure Vision um super rad um femme band they had a lot uh it's very like hardcore and like pop punk sounding very high energy super like to check them out uh compilation ska against racism um i saw kill lincoln on there they're a really good ska band that um i got a press release that they dropped an album earlier this year really good there's also a lot of other really good ska bands on there and all those proceeds obviously went um to different organizations to combat racism in america sick teenage halloween their self-titled album i have a shirt by them because they're really good Um, It kind of reminds me of, again, like grunge sounding, but also short songs, high energy, like let's fucking go. Um, Haley Williams, Pedals for Armor, a very chilled out album. And it was very, um, it was a good insight into her life. It was obviously like a breakup album and her like healing from it. Mm-hmm. And I feel a lot of people really vibed with that because we have all kind of been there, done that. And... It, it just stood out because it wasn't what we traditionally see as Haley Williams, which is just Paramore. It kind of like gave her her own standing as like an indie artist, which was really, really cool to see. And then that's my honorable mentions. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before we get to our number twos, uh, Kodak Chris, then it's his albums of the year. This was, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, this was our last in-person guest we could do. Uh, I we- think so. We only had Kodak, Chris, and Kieran, yes. friend Kieran, on the pod in person this year. Everything else was done remotely, so it's it's like, geez, we had that was so long ago. Uh, good. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's the order of operations that he was our last in-person guest of the year in February. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, can't wait to be in person with human beings again. I literally built this whole studio to do it, and then it's like, great. Well, listen, your boy MGK said he's absolutely doing no Zoom interviews in 2020. Then we're not going to hear from MGK in 2021 for a while. No, we're Mm, not. We personally will not be. we didn't hear from MGK for a while. Anyway, here's Kodak Chris. 
What's up? It's Kodak Chris coming at you with my top three albums of the year. Before that, I want to give a shout out to Lizzie and Brian for actually caring about my thoughts enough to even ask me to do this. So, first and foremost, thank you so much uh, to them. Okay, now we can all agree this year sucked, but 2020 was such a good year for music in my eyes. Like, it was so many good albums that came out. So, this was low-key super hard for me to do. But... We did it. Okay, so I know I'm not the only one that's been stuck in the house all 2020. So, we all been stuck in the house all 2020. But with that, I had hella time to reflect on just life and everything in general. Not to get too deep. But anyway, these albums definitely helped me through that whole process. So, the first album I got on here is Pray For Love by Rod Wave. Alright, so this year, I got put on the raw wave, like, randomly, just, like, by my Spotify. And ever since then, I've been hooked on everything this man dropped. Like, literally, it don't matter what it is. Like, I can just turn on This Is Raw Wave playlist on Spotify and listen to every single track and not even skip a track. So, when he dropped this album, I was super geeked. <laughs> and literally, every track is a bang on now. So uh, I feel like he checked all my boxes when it comes to, like, music and what I would like to hear from artists. Like, from all the sad boy shit to all the trap boy shit. It's just literally everything on that. So highly recommend his album. All right, and for number two, anybody that knows me or happens to follow me on Twitter or any social media knows I love Haley Williams. So, of course, this album was going to be on here in my top three. So we're going to throw Pedals for Armor by Haley Williams on there. Like, for her debut album, like, I didn't know what to expect, but she could have went totally any way she wanted to go. But I love the way she went on this album because for a debut album, for her to have that lyrical content that she had on this album, these hard-hitting songs, for me, that was just everything, like... Personally, like, going through so much over the past couple years, and I felt like this was, like, a nice way. It was almost therapy for me listening to her album. I know she said it was therapy for her, but it was therapy for me listening to that album because so many subjects she hit in that album. I was like, damn, like, I, I could really, like, relate to that. So definitely um, check out that album if you haven't already. I don't know what you're doing if you haven't already. Alright, and last but not least, for number three, I'm going to put Just Cause Y'all Waited to the deluxe version by Lil Dirt. It's just, I mean, it was just such a good year for rap this year. Like, I don't understand, for people that don't like rap, you should get into it. This year is a good year to get into it. But anyway, growing up in the hood, if you make it out, you kind of always left with a lot of, like, scars and just trauma and memories from that like and i feel like on this album he tackled every single thing like that a lot of people i know go through and me personally go through and it was just crazy like having all them tracks to make you reflect on how far you came like plus just like you know living it up it was just everything was on this album so i feel like this album was definitely um his best album in my opinion I know some of my other people not gonna think the same thing as me but hey that's cool but for me 
this was his best album I ever heard from him. I feel like he was definitely in his bag with this album. So, yeah, um, that was my top three albums of the year. I got, it was so hard doing this, but hey, like I said, we did it. And once again, shout out to Lizzie and Brian for letting me come and give y'all my opinion. I talk way too much, but thank y'all for letting me talk. All right, peace out. Uh, Chris, again, <laughs> just so nice. I'm so glad we talked to so many nice people this year. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm, a lot of his his picks are obviously uh, rap based, and we haven't listened to rap. And his message. I haven't listened, is to, that I haven't we listened to emo or pop punk, and that's like all I do. You haven't <laughs> listened to shit. I don't listen to shit, dude. I did listen to Haley Williams, and I did very much like the Haley Williams record. So. Oh, I know you did. I know. Yeah. So these so. are definitely some uh, some albums that we should listen to. I know also last year when we did have Connor on, he really liked um, one of Kendrick's albums as well. Mm-hmm. And I think integrating a lot of those type of different like musical styles too is important. I think it's also, it tells stories that we probably wouldn't experience more often than not, especially as um, white people. Like Chris had said, what? you know, to quote him, you have a lot of scars if you make it out of, you know, the hood, as he said. And a lot of these artists are putting that, you know, pain and their passion and everything into what they're doing to tell a story. So I think going forward, it's definitely something to kind of explore a little bit more. I know really the only rap I listened to heavily was whatever my siblings were playing while they were getting ready <laughs> to go wherever they were going. So I've only listened to that too much. To work. Fair. All right. Fine. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Gotta allow it. <sighs> All right. It's number two time. Number two? Number two. I'm going to go first. Yeah, you're going to you go first. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's you. Yes, I'm going to go first. So this is another record. I'm like, I totally forgot this came out this year. I thought it came out late last year. It's just, again, time dilation is fucking real, man. Um, Enter Shikari, nothing is true and everything is possible. Like, this record was so fucking good. <laughs> I was like, you're, you know, Enter Shikari has like stayed within one lane for the most part and like kind of drifted out a little bit, tried different things, added some different sounds and things here and there. But overall, it's been the exact same band for the entire existence of the, of the, of the band. So this was very much more like they'd been in the past uh, with some very interesting uh, political commentary and some very uh, English, primarily political commentary, (laughs) a little bit of like global stuff, but primarily it's like, we're going to talk shit about Boris Johnson and uh, parliament and not uh, American government things. Uh, And this, there are just some fucking excellent songs on there. Uh, Just recently they put out a video for the song, Tina, there is no alternative. Uh, and it's just them dancing as hands, and it is horrifying, but also I, you, I did not like that at all. I didn't it's, like it one bit. It's real good. Uh, they did uh, the Dreamers Hotel, as our friend Gemma and her stream would say, I'm going to pickle your pocket. Uh, <laughs> she made a t-shirt off of this song, and I was like, oh, wait, that's what that is. Like a misunderstanding oh of the song, I'm going to pick all your pockets. And then was like, I'm going to pickle your pockets, and then made a pickle shirt. That was great. Uh, the song The King, though, is like 
one of the songs I'm most upset I didn't get to mosh to this year because it is just a it's just a fun romp of like heavy stuff and dancey parts and sing-alongs and like yeah Anna Shikaris really did it and they 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 made this whole record before the pandemic they were already ready all the songs were written they were done and the pandemic happened and so I don't think they really got to comment too much on it it wasn't a commentary about being locked inside but uh, they still had a lot of things that really were kind of on point even before they knew it'd be on point in a year like this. Uh, so yeah, obviously, you know, in the, in the way that all the bands I put on here so far, like, Oh, you like that band? Uh huh. Like, yeah, of course I fucking love Inner Shikari. They're one of my favorite bands. So, you know, not so unexpected, I guess. I love that for you. I don't (laughs) like that hand video though at all. Fucking great. I fucking hate it. It's terrifying. I don't like uh, it at all. It's upsetting. So good and weird. It's upsetting. Your number two, Lizzie. My, my number two is Re- uh, Rina Sawayama, um, her album Sawayama. Um, so I actually found out about her because earlier this year she tried to enter for some type of award show in the UK because she lives in the UK, but she was originally born in Japan. But because um, of that, UK awards didn't want to recognize her as a British musician and I was Mm. like oh so I listened to her and it was very poppy the one song I did listen to I think it's called Chosen Family it's one of her singles and then she came out with the music video for uh, STFU which is Shut the Fuck Up that Mm. we actually played on stream and we played the intro to it and the intro is a British white dude completely just straight up racist yeah racist mansplaining to her And that I read of, it was bad, um, but she blends like heavy new metal tones with mm-hmm. like bubblegum sounding pop. And it took me a couple listens to like really like have it settle well for me because I'm like, oh, I really like new metal. I like some pop. And I was like, but together, but she makes it really well together. And I think the rest of her album just very solid overall and she actually has really good dialogue about what it's like to be a japanese individual and going through all all these different like racist things that she has to encounter and just growing up and like dealing with you know different cultural uh values as well in her family and she did actually release a deluxe edition of the album in like early december i think and she does a remix of one of her songs with dream wife which is this really fucking ripper of a band it's a a three-piece uh chick band i think they're from like somewhere in europe i think like norway or something like that i could be completely wrong yeah but (laughs) when i heard them they're just very aggressive very like kind of riot girl sounding and to kind of see them hear hear it like do a remix and blend it all together i'm like oh god like yes this fits this hits and i think she is She's an artist that I think a lot of people slept on and there's she's starting to build up in recognition because of her album of the year has been picked for a lot of different, you know, um, like publishing. Wow. Words are hard. I'm going to cut that out. It is a podcast. <laughs> it is a podcast. <laughs> it's all it is is words. It is. Um, <laughs> but no, a, lo- a lot of different, you know places have been picking her as her like of an album of the year and putting her very high on top and i definitely understand why 
and people who need to listen to her more, especially if you like pop or if you just like alternative type music in general, because you're going to have probably have to listen to it a couple times. But mm. when you do, it has so much like messaging and meeting and just the overall instrumentation of it. It's just so different. And it just makes it makes her such an amazing artist to be able to kind of bridge everything together. All right. We're about there. We're almost there. Huh? We are about to be at our number one. But before we get there, I want to hear from two more of our guests in this year. We will start with Jeff from People's Pizza Party, which is a very interesting episode, a very fun episode. And every time I think about it, I want to get some pizza. But also just very nice guys, very informative, very educational. It's a really good episode to listen to if you haven't. Uh, so let's hear from Jeff about his albums of the year. Hey, this is Jeff from the People's Pizza Party and Jeff Schaller in The Long Way Home. My top three albums of 2020 are Austin Lucas, Alive in the Hot Zone, The Killers, Imploding the Mirage, and Christopher Cerrone's Liminal Highway. I gotta give it up for The Killers, actually. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to put it on any of my honorable mentions or anything, because it's like, it's The Killers. You need a shout out for The Killers? Uh... But that record was pretty good. It considering was very, that all of their singles that came out were solid. Yeah, solid singles. I mean, obviously radio play singles, but yeah. when you are the Killers, you're, you're kind of expected to do that. It's 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 like it's exactly what the Killers would be expected to do. Like basically just rip off Bruce Springsteen. But uh, it was the first record in a long time by the Killers that's actually like hit me. And there were a few like months of this year where I was like, I want to listen to the fucking Killers constantly and i really dig the killers uh and so this record was was pretty was pretty surprising that i actually liked it uh but it was it was good it was good it did not end up on your your list though no it, it would be top 10 because i've only listened to so many records this year it came I was out this say year. A top seven you mean because that's the seventh album you listened to probably yeah it, the number goes up every time i'm like oh yeah i did hear that this year it's like i don't remember all right our last guest we're gonna hear from is I, I it was hard to put this in honorable mentions because we talked to them this year and we already had uh this interview and we know that he was going to be uh reaching out with his top albums but rematch was like a band that we were very shocked to find out was from chicago this year because they had fans in the uk that were like yo check out this band and we were like where are they from it's like that looks like north avenue uh so very surprised that we heard of this band and it's incredible how good they are. And I mean that from a position of like, wow, you guys are like new and up and coming and unsigned and you guys are fucking good. So yeah, we were excited to have them on this year and actually just be like, please talk to us. And they were like, yeah, all right. <laughs> they were like, oh, okay, cool. Like what else are we doing? It was like, yeah, like let's go. Like, yeah. We have a big fan base within our podcast community. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> So uh, let's hear from Alex from our new favorite band, Rematch. How's it going, everybody? This is Alex from Rematch. Um, it was really tough um, getting all of our favorite records because we all sort of have different music tastes. But uh, collectively, our favorite, um, our favorite uh, fucking albums this year. Jesus Christ, I can't talk. It's too early in the morning. Our favorite albums this year were... Um, the Good Sweat by uh, Man Dancing, um, Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, and then Inside Your Head by Survive Said the Prophet. Thanks. 
surprised we didn't hear more of Phoebe Bridger's love overall. Yeah, I saw it. I didn't listen to too much of that album, but I know obviously a lot of people were saying like super good things about obviously Phoebe Bridgers and Punisher. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm surprised you didn't put it anywhere because that's didn't more of like a sad, you know, sad boy type of vibe. All right. Well, yeah, then that's why didn't it's listen there. To it. I, I've listened to some Phoebe Bridgers and like, I don't know, it's just not hitting me in the right way. It's like I said, I'm very much like a time and place kind of a person. So if a band doesn't hit me in the right way at the right time, it's like I can't get into it. 1975 was the same way where it's like until I saw them live, none of their music meant anything to me. And then I saw them and I saw how it was presented and I saw how they were performing. I got the whole thing right away and was like, okay, now I love it. Now I can completely understand what this band is. And it just it hit me in the right way. But yeah, Phoebe Bridgers hasn't done that yet. Unpopular opinion on the pod, but I mean... I, I get it. I get I, it at the same time. I didn't listen to too much of it just because it was very slow for me. And mm-hmm. I am not a person who wants to be <laughs> listening to slow music very often than not. Yeah. So that's just me. But I will say I really um, I really liked Man Dancing's, obviously, Good Sweat. Mm-hmm. It was a very... I listened to it a lot when I was studying for finals. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it helped a lot because it was like the right like middle ground between like upbeat and then also like very like chilled out and calming. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously they're just very nice boys to talk to as Very well. nice boys. Very nice boys. I am surprised because when we did talk to Alex, he said that one of his top was definitely the used album that came up. And I mm-hmm. did, that's why I didn't mention it because it was also... One of my favorites overall as well as artwork because it was very OG used and it blended together a lot of their old sounds into one. I don't like the song. This is a spicy opinion. I don't like the song with Mark Hoppus on it. It's it's just bad. It's just bad. I'm sorry. We didn't like Blink-182 this year. I think that is very fair. Yeah. For some reason, we had a lot of Blink-182 hate, but that's okay. Travis Travis. Barker did great on his own. Yeah. Love Travis's work this year. (laughs) Did not care for Blink-182's work this year, even yeah, a little bit. Nobody did. I don't think anybody did. No. Let's be honest. No. So great job, Travis Barker. Really setting yourself apart. <laughs> uh, I never I never listened to the used record. I listened to a few songs from it. Never listened to the whole thing. It's really good, Brian. I bet. That was the last show I saw before quarantine, and I had a great time. So It was, it was a great time. I think the used is doing just <laughs> fine without me. Did you guys know that we have our own TikTok? It's at X Emo Social Club X, and we put a lot of different cool things on there, from random train dancing videos to previews of our upcoming podcast episodes and anything else in between. And also make sure you're following us on our YouTube channel as well, Emo Social Club, to search it in the search bar. We have some really cool videos coming your way. Brian is making really cool adult beverages that you can make at home. I decided to make it an emo cocktail. So this one's called the Alone This Holiday by Muse. And I'm going to teach you how to make your favorite coffee from your equally favorite bands. The new Spear Box Coffee. We're gonna want to do 25 to 30 grams. All the coffee comes together, all the flavors are spread up. So keep on listening and follow our other social pages. Oh, and make sure to join the club. Well, ladies and gentlemen, come to that time. Number one. Album of the year. On 
WKQX. I don't know. <laughs> Who gave me this power? All right. Let's get it. Let's get to it. This is our number one album of the year. Lizzie already knows what mine is. Oh, hell yeah, I do. I think you have to go first. Because mine... Because we know what yours is. Everybody knows what Brian's is. And if you haven't figured it out by now, that, that's upsetting. One year, there's going to be bands that actually have to hit me right. And I got to go, surprise, surprise, bro. Like, it's, <laughs> it's looking surprising. But this is not that year. This was definitely not that year. So my number one is Beach Bunny's Honeymoon. Because it's like a perfect blend of like bubblegum, female empowerment, pop punk, pretty much. And so Cuffing Season, I think, was one of the first few uh, singles I came out. And overall, I think it's just a really good, formative, relatable album across the board. And it's also with the instrumentation. You were to think that saying pop punk, oh, it sounds the same. You can't tell the songs apart, but you can tell the songs apart, which is great. And <laughs> they each have their own kind of life to it. And just when listening and also just seeing um, kind of every interaction with the band on Twitter and just being open about these different struggles, a lot of these songs were, you know, describing and going through. It's definitely something that it's it's not openly talked about outside of the album and in the album you can be like oh okay i feel it i feel it and i know like we were we've played different songs for them on the stream and a lot of their music videos are very explicit with different themes and messages that they're going through and i just think that honeymoon being like pretty much their debut album it was so strong and so solid and they really just kind of walked up and said, hey, we're here. What's up, guys? And it was great. <laughs> and they're still doing that with a lot of other, with um, one of their latest singles that they came out with, too. And I just think Beach Bunny as a whole has been always just banging it out of the park since I started <laughs> listening to her, I think, like, maybe, like, four or five years ago. So Honeymoon really kind of, like, exceeded my expectation, but also really was something to talk about and to still continuously discuss as well and that is my number one wow thank you um yeah so everybody knows what mine is so like let's just move on um i really really obviously liked bring me the horizons survival horror because it just fucking went so fucking hard. It just like, it just it just came out of the gate so fucking hard. Um, now they they had released like a bunch of singles throughout the year, and all of this was written in quarantine. They posted a bunch of videos on YouTube of them working on it um, over Zoom or FaceTime or whatever they were using, and just making this record from what they were experiencing in this in this moment. Um, they worked with a bunch of different artists on it. They had features from Youngblood, who was another like gigantic artist this year for some reason. He just uh, kind of shows up places, and we have to accept it. We have to accept it. We have uh, to. The Nova Twins, uh, Which Baby they Metal. Hit. The yeah, yes. fucking Nova Twins hit. Baby Metal hits. Fucking Amy Lee. Like goddamn. Uh, these, the 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 it's. A few songs. It's only like what six songs, I think, six I, or seven. Spivers, yeah, it's not yeah. a lot of songs. And like they just come so strong. And a if you make a if you make a song 
that is based on a video game like they did with Shadow Moses back in the day on Sempaternal. And you make another one called Parasite Eve. And then all the rest of it is just like video game based. Uh, Dear Diary, their openers, fairly obviously like a reference to um, uh, Resident Evil games where you'd read like people's diaries on tables and like they think they quote one of them from the original game. So there you go. It's like, that's literally what I need. Like all I need is video game references and uh and heavy and melodic songs so i mean yeah i i think even because it was at the top of the show with sarah is like it's just it's just a good record a lot of my friends were like what the fuck just happened like how did they make something this fucking good and they couldn't even see each other except to do a music video once in a while so i wasn't even a bring me the horizon fan i had no issues i just never really listened to them or vibed mm. with them but like this ep i was like holy shit like this is great this is yeah. fucking amazing yep i don't know how it happened i I, th I think that like being in isolation has helped a lot of people like really focus on their creativity and hone it and like you have just so much more time to work on something because it's like you have nothing else to really do except for eat sleep wake up and do it all again the next day so i think just like sitting and, and working on something and being able to like find the best thing about it and having all the equipment there obviously you know that was a big thing it's like i have a studio uh that helps too but yeah just like being able to make it all happen that way i i don't know if it's just the time or or maybe it was like just even i know they had said they were just going to probably do a lot of eps from now on and it wasn't going to be albums it was going to be singles it was going to be videos it was going to be eps because they were like we want to release more things and maybe just like not having to worry about 12 songs and only worrying about six or seven is like actually a better thing for artists. Maybe try it out. Mayhaps. Mayhaps. Yeah. I, I, I mean, our community, I think for the most part knows that these are the records that I was like big on this year, especially MGK and bring me the horizon. So uh, I don't think there's any surprise, uh, but yeah, that's what it is. There's going to be one year where Bring Me the Horizon does not put out an album, right? If they keep putting You're out EPs, man, put out. if they keep putting out these EPs, if they keep putting something out every year, it's like, what am I supposed to do, bro? You're going to have to move on. You're we have, have to, to move, move on. on. It's also funny when you're like, because I don't line up with a lot of my, uh, I don't, I don't end up agreeing with Finn, uh, not Finn McKenty. I end up agreeing a lot with Finn McKenty, actually. <laughs> uh, Anthony Fantano, I don't agree with very often, but I watch his YouTube videos and he actually really liked Bring Me the Horizon too. Uh, did not at all like MGK's record. I'm and not it's surprised like, by that. It's just very strange that I was like, I disagree about MGK. Again, not surprised. Yeah, of course. But um, definitely was surprised when we both really liked Bring Me the Horizon's EP. I'm like, really? You you were into this one? He had a lot of shit to say about Parasite Eve. So I was like, but you like the EP? All right, man. Like, like okay. Sounds good. Mm. <laughs> Thank you all for hanging with us, chilling with us, not only on this episode, but this entire year. Obviously, uh, we've had a great time. It's gone well. What a wonderful year we've had. Uh, we have been very, we've been very grateful for everybody who's been coming to the streams and hanging out with us and all of our guests from this year for being on and hanging out with us. Uh, we've made a lot of very nice friends. And uh, yeah, I can't say enough nice things about the people who came on and talked with us. Y'all were really chill. Oh, really fun. <laughs> Everyone's been great. I think this is the year. Very obviously, we kind of we had the time 
because we both lost our main jobs yep <laughs> to focus more on the podcast and you know making a format and getting live stream going because brian had preemptively bought the twitch handle out of nowhere we needed it we needed we needed the you name. didn't need it you knew at the time but we were unsure how to use it and it came in handy and it's still coming in handy sure is <laughs> I just think this year overall, while it's been a shit show in a lot of various ways, at least for the podcast, we've been able to do a lot more. And we greatly, deeply appreciate everybody who's come and supported us, continue to support us, and hopefully stay around to support us, and who has come on the podcast and wanted to talk to us, whether on their own will or by their management. It's very (laughs) nice of you to agree to it, regardless. And we can hope that you keep listening keep hanging out with us and keep wanting to talk to us because it's been really awesome to be able to grow our community and to also see people and just hang out with them virtually obviously and to tell a lot of different stories and just to find out more about everybody absolutely with that we'll be back uh this week we have uh an interview right we do we do with um get tough RB Row, formerly of Save Face, and they will be on the podcast to talk about one of their upcoming uh, new albums um, that will be coming out later on in January. Yeah. We will be back with the streams, uh, unfortunately, this Friday. Lizzie has to work. So I sadly have to work. We're going to explore a new opportunity and see what our Saturdays look like. So at 6 p.m., I believe, on Saturday, we'll be streaming instead. So uh, let's see what a Saturday looks like for a happy hour. Hope you can join us. That is uh, Saturday, the 9th of January. And um, I don't know. I'll then probably we'll, be then we'll go games. back to Fridays. Then we'll go back to Fridays. It's not <laughs> a Then we're going to go thing. back to Fridays. Unless it's really good, in which case it's like, get ready, get used to it. And then I'm uh, going to have to switch my schedule around. Yeah, apparently. Again. Apparently. Uh, yeah. I'll probably be streaming during the day again for video games. It's been tough when nobody's at work because then nobody watches. <laughs> Um, I'll be back. I'll be back. Well, I'll be back. So thank you all again for making the best of what we could do, for hanging out with us, for chilling with us, for supporting us throughout this year. We'll be back with so many new things, so many good things in this year. We have high, a lot of high hopes. We don't have any plans yet, but we have uh, plans to plan. And that in we one have way ideas. is... Yeah, we all, oh, man, just so many ideas. So many fucking ideas. You have no ideas. We have ideas. You have no idea how many ideas we could have ideas about. With that, <laughs> thank you for joining us on our album of the year. We'll be back next Monday with an interview. Please join us on EmoSocialClub.tv. From both of us here, I'm Brian. I'm Lizzie. Goodbye. We love you. Be well. Happy New Year. Bye. If it ever puts your face in the focus. It won't. I don't I gave up. <laughs>